Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. The sacrifice has been made for you and me because by faith we believe in Him. And the power of God that dwells in us is the power that created the heavens and the earth. With Pastor Jay Petty. When he went and fought the lion, it was God. When he fought the bear, it was God. When he'd take the, li- the, the, the lamb out of the lion's mouth, it was God. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. What faith really is, is knowing that God's got you, that no matter what you walk through, the enemy cannot defeat you. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. How many of you are still trying to overcome yourself? <laughs> Anybody in here trying to overcome yourself? You know, you're trying to overcome what you think you are or what you think you should be or where you think you should, you know, what your life should be or whatever. Isn't it funny how that's what we do to ourselves? We we see ourselves probably not in the true light in which we should. But as we see ourselves, what we end up trying to do is trying to fix what we think's wrong. Anybody doing that, trying to fix what they think's wrong? And, uh, and we don't account for the goodness of God in our life. We'll talk about a man by the name this morning. His name is Gideon. Gideon was a, a man who was, Israel at that time were being overrun by the Midianites and the Aklanites. Uh, and uh, simply because they weren't, they didn't do what they're supposed to do. God had to raise up these judges, and when the judge would die, the whole country would fall back into idolatry and all kinds of other stuff. And and when they would, then God would let the countries around them surround them and and begin to destroy them. And Gideon was hiding in a wine press trying to uh, you know to take care of uh, the barley that he had the wheat and he was trying to hide it so they wouldn't steal it because they were stealing everything they're destroying everything they're destroying all their 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 animals destroying all their food trying to drive them out ever felt like that trying to be driven out it's kind of funny, that's what the enemy does. He tries to drive us out uh, some way or another. And, and the thing is, our refuge, our fortress is God. Our shield, our buckler is God. Our protector is God. The thing is, is that when we feel like we're being overwhelmed, the place we should turn to, the place we should run to, is God. I love that word Abba Father, because it really says, Father, Father. We cry, Father, Father, because He's our Father in heaven. He's the shield. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High abideth under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord that He is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust. And he shall deliver me. It doesn't say he might. He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. The trap that's set for me. The trap that's coming after me. God 
is the deliverer of that very thing, even from ourselves, even from the way we view ourselves. And so when you look at Gideon, he was uh, hiding, trying to get some food together. Couldn't go to the grocery store because I didn't have one. So he's hiding out, trying to save what he had. And an angel of the Lord showed up. What God says about you is not what you say about yourself. That's the amazing thing. Because God said to Gideon, you mighty warrior. Wow, Gideon didn't feel like a mighty warrior. He's in there hiding, trying to, trying to process food because he was afraid someone was going to steal it. And yet God comes to him and says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. Now go save Israel in your strength. Wow. Now Gideon doesn't feel like he's capable of doing anything, right? Like, that's the way we feel sometimes. That we're not capable. And so we're struggling with ourselves, trying to overcome ourselves. And God is saying one thing, and we're saying something else about ourselves. We're believing something else about ourselves. And God says, this is who you really are, as he said to Gideon. The enemy's always trying to catch us in some form or fashion. But, but the point was is that Gideon says, wait a minute, told the angel, wait a minute. Let me go pre- prepare some food for you. Wait here. He's, he is hiding under this tree, under his dad's tree, you know. And so Gideon, so the, Gideon ran off and he got a lamb and he got some unleavened bread and he began to prepare this meal for this angel, the angel of the Lord. And so he gets it all done and he goes back and the angel's still sitting there. And the angel says, now I want you to put that, I want you to put that unleavened bread and that broth and I want you to pour it over it on that rock. And he stood back and the angel of the Lord had the staff in his hand and he reached down and he touched it and man, boof, consumed it. That's God, he's consuming fire. Do you know there's nothing that can stand before him? There's not one thing in heaven or in hell or any other place that can stand before the almighty power of God. He's our father. He's the true father. Why do we walk in such fear? You don't have to. Now, Gideon didn't really believe anything, even after he saw it. Isn't that funny? It's kind of like us. We really don't believe it, even though we hear it. Even though someone tells us we really don't believe it. So he says to God, he says, okay, I I just want to do a little test here, Lord. If this is really you, I want you to make the ground around the fleece that I'm going to lay on this rock. I want it to all be dry and the fleece be wet. He gets up the next morning, everything's dry, he picks up the fleece, he wrings it out into a cup and it's full of water. 
Next day he says, he says to him, Lord, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, uh, let's do it one more test. This time I want the ground to be wet and the fleece to be dry. So he wakes up the next morning and the grounds, the dew's all over the ground, but the, but the fleece is completely dry. God is charging us to battle. For what? For the mankind he has redeemed. God uses us to fulfill his will, his desire. Gideon said, look at me, God, I'm nobody. I'm the smallest and the poorest in all the tribes, and I'm the smallest and the weakest in my family. How in the world am I going to accomplish this? See, you plus God brings victory. You plus God overcomes. You plus God means that there's nothing that can stand before you. I think the biggest spiritual battle we have in life is ourselves. I think we struggle with ourselves more than we do anything else. Yeah, there are people who are really confident and they're really assured, but I promise you this, no matter how confident and assured they are, they still struggle with themselves. No matter who we are. Now, the, the rest of the story about Gideon is pretty interesting because God... Uh, told Gideon to go do this thing. He told him to go tear down the Asher poles, go tear down the altar of Baal. I want you to establish another altar. I want you to sacrifice on it. And boy, everybody got upset the next day when they woke up because all that stuff was torn down. The point is, is that God chooses. And that choice was through his sacrifice of his son. When he hung on that cross for the redemption of mankind. The sacrifice has been made for you and me because by faith we believe in him. And the power of God that dwells in us is the power that created the heavens and the earth and the power to always to get us through if we can get past ourselves. If God were to say to you, who's afraid to speak in here? Anybody would like to raise their hand, afraid to get up in front of people and speak? Anybody? Oh, over there. What if God said to you, I want you to be my mouthpiece and I want you to speak my, my word to the nation? You'd do it. Would you be afraid? Right. Courage doesn't lack fear. Never has. In Genesis 32.10 it says, I am not worthy of the least of all these mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I have crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. 
Deliver me, I pray, from the, la- from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him. Lest he come and attack me and, and the mother of my children. For you said, I shall surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sands of the sea, which cannot be numbered multitudes. You know, Esau was what called a surplanter. In other words, he was kind of a deceiving kind of dude. He deceived his brother out of his birthright, then he deceived him out of the, the promise of his inheritance. He was the younger, his brother was the older, and his brother was supposed to get it all, but Esau went around through the back way to get what he wanted. And then he had to flee, went into another country, the country of his father. And so now he's coming back. He's coming across and he's afraid of his brother. He's afraid of what he did to his brother. He's afraid of what his brother said he'd do to him. Wow, fear. How powerful is it? Will it stop you from standing up doing what God has called you to do? Or will it make you sit down? So here is Jacob. That night, his family's gone across the Jordan, and he's, he's there all by himself, and an angel of the Lord comes down. It's called Jacob's Ladder. And Jacob begins to wrestle with him. And the angel says, let me go. And he says, I will not let you go until I get a blessing. Isn't that really how it is? Isn't that why we cry out to God? Isn't that why we pray? Isn't that why we seek God? To find the provision of God, the blessing of God in our life? And here, here Jacob is wrestling with this guy, and he said, I'm not letting you go. And it was becoming dawn, and, 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 the, and, the, and the angel said to him, okay, I'm going to change your name. From Jacob the surplanter to Israel, a patriarch of Israel. Something goes with the name change. You know, Abram was named Abraham, and Sarah was Sarah, Sarah, whatever her name was named Sarah. One was called the father of many nations. The other was called the mother of many nations. And through them, through them, we have the nation of Israel. But not only the nation of Israel, we have the nation of believers of every tongue, tribe, and nation. Maybe sometimes what we really need to hear is the name that God has for us. Mighty warrior, overcomer, man of God, man a woman of God. Zerubbabel was sent with a task to finish the wall. And he was finding all kinds of 
stuff that was coming at him. See, when you read the Old Testament, you have to read it in the eyes of spiritual warfare because that's really what it was all about. It was really about the enemy coming against the one select people that God had chosen, and they're trying to wipe them out. And God is trying to plant them and cause them to grow. And, and here they are, they're, they're back in Israel trying to rebuild it. The devil accuses him, accuses him. The accuser of the brother says, these people are unrighteous. Again. Listen to what it says. Again. God said, I rebuke you. And he gave him a, a, a clean robe and a clean turban and made him righteous in his own eyes. God is the one who does the cleansing. God is the one who does the forgiving. God is the one who does the empowering. God is the one that chooses destiny if we'll choose to walk in it. God does. Not by might. See? Not, not by the might of men or the power of men or the power of persuasion or the power of anything in the earth, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Zerubbabel, you will complete the task that I've set before you. I will do it through my spirit. I will empower you to accomplish it. You will finish what I've set forth in your life. The amazing thing is we have to choose to follow that out. We have to choose to say, okay, God, this is who you say I am. This is, you, this is who you say, this is what I am. But Lord, I choose to believe that. I choose to be that mighty warrior. I choose to be that person that you have called to accomplish this thing. Look at Moses, man, he's freaked out about God in the burning book. Yeah, he went up there. But man, later, that's all, folks. He stumbled over his words. And God told him, look, Moses, have I not created the mouth? Am I not the God over everything? You think I can't tame your tongue? It's a difference in what we believe as to the place we walk and what we overcome is in the one who causes us to overcome. Even ourselves. We're so busy trying to accomplish it ourselves that we don't see, we don't see God trying to accomplish it through us for his own glory. God didn't want Gideon and his soldiers to think by any chance that it was them that was going to defeat this massive army. In fact, it says the camels were like the sands of the sea that were camped around it. And God said, no, I, will, I don't want you or anyone in Israel to think for one moment it was you who did this. I want them to know that it was me. See, that's what really God wants you to understand. He wants you to know that it's him in you that overcomes. 
So he got rid of 20,000, then he got rid of 10,000, ended up with 300. But with the 10,000, he said, take them down to the water now and let them drink. The one that stoop down and suck water out of the ground, that's one group. And the other that takes it up in their hand, that's another hand. There's 300 of those. They chose 300 men to feed an army that was impossible for them to beat. I don't care what you're facing in your life. If you have God in your life, you can find true victory. You're not going to find it by trying to move the pieces on the checkered board. And the moment that you begin to realize there's something greater in you, there's something greater around you, and God wants to reveal himself through your life, that's really what he wants. He wants the glory of his name to be manifested in you and through you so that everyone around you can see and know that it's God who's doing this great thing that would be impossible for you to do. That's how it works. That's how lives are changed. That's how the, the, the people around you begin to sense there is a God and that God is a mighty God because they can see the effect of it through your life. And so many times we're so busy trying to fix our own heart, trying to fix our own lives that we never take the time to say, God, what's in this? What is it you're trying to show me? What is it you're trying to reveal to me in this? Lord, in what way can you use me to accomplish this? I can say to you this morning that you are the apple of his eye. I can say to you that he loves you more than anything in the earth. I can say to you he wants to accomplish great things through your life. But unless you believe that, you're never going to walk in it. Of all the stories in the Old Testament that, that speaks to the least, the least, the smallest. I'm not talking about your physical size or your physical knowledge or your physical beauty. When it comes to God, it doesn't matter. When Samuel went to find David, Jesse had 12 sons. So he had them all lined up, all 11 of them. Of course, Samuel sees things through human eyes, but God says to him, I don't choose men by what you see. I choose men by what I see in the intent of their heart. 
what's in here? That's always what God is looking at. He's looking what's in here. If he wants smart people, he can raise smart people up. If he wants beautiful people, he can raise beautiful people. If he wants big people, he can raise big people up. But that's not what God's after. Samuel goes down through each one of them, and, and God says, no, 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 no. And Samuel said, is there anyone left? <laughs> got 11 sons. Where's the, you have anyone left? Yeah, I got one out in the field. Well, go get him. That guy out there in the field is out there worshiping God. Out there praising God, out there in a relationship with God. His passion, his heart from the very beginning was God. That's what he wanted. When he went and fought the lion, it was God. When he fought the bear, it was God. When he'd take the, lion, the, the, the lamb out of the lion's mouth, it was God. I hope you understand what I'm saying this morning. Being least or being less doesn't doesn't say anything. It's, it's the fact that through that least or that less, that God will manifest himself in your life. If you notice that when, after uh, David was anointed, that's when he went and fought Goliath. <laughs> you notice that? He was anointed as, as the king and the inheritance of God over Israel. And the next thing you see, David goes up to do what his dad told him to do, take food to the front line. David's listening to this big old guy. This big old guy. See, a big head. I'm tough. I'm mighty. I'm mean. Man, I'll kill anything that gets in front of me. Come on, you little squirmy little rats. Come on out here, fight me. Saying bad things about God. And of course, you know, David's heart loved God. He loved God. He says, you can't say this. Who is this uncircumcised piece of garbage talking about our God? Amazing is that David said, I'll fight him and I'll win. You know why he knew he'd win? Because he knew who God was in him. And he knew that God would defeat him. And that when he picked up that rock and he threw it, he knew God's, God would cause that aim to be perfect, to drop that dude through a little itty bitty guy probably shorter than me and I'm pretty short God killed a nine foot man got any giants in your life giants don't have to be people they can be those things that have exalted themselves up in your life that are bigger than God, that you can't seem to get around. Spiritual warfare 
is about understanding that the battle is not yours, it's his. If you're going to wrestle with flesh, you're, gonna, you're just going to wrestle with flesh. You're never going to get ahead. Because that's where your thought life is going to be. That's where your heart life is going to be. It's trying to overcome this thing and overcome that thing and overcome that person and this and that and on and on. Somehow you get old and you realize that, gosh, how many times you were defeated in your process of life. Spiritual warfare is about allowing God to find victory as he did for Gideon. He doesn't want you to have you to think that you're going to win this battle. He wants you to know that it's him. Why? Because through that battle, his glory is revealed. Now I'll go back to Ephesians 6. Where it says, stand in the power of his might. There's no place in that it says to stand in your power. It's for you to say it is in, in that place which says for you to stand in his power. The almighty power. The same power that caused Gideon to find victory over all the armies that had surrounded them. Or Moses when he was backed up against the Red Sea and Egypt was coming to destroy them. The same power that, that destroyed Egypt is the same power that destroys the enemy that has come against you. But you, you have to position yourself for victory. And it begins with a simple little thing, is knowing where to stand and knowing how to stand. And the stand that you take is always based upon truth. Not your truth, not the world's truth, but the truth that is in the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth about God. The truth of who God really is. The truth of what God really wants to do through your life. You think God wants you to be defeated? No! He wants you to overcome through victory. That's not, and so the thing is that when you, when you look at where he's telling you to stand, that is the power of his might. His mighty power is based in the truth of who he is, and truth in the righteousness of God, and truth in the salvation of God, and truth in the peace of God, and the truth in the faith. What faith really is, is knowing that God's got you, that no matter what you walk through, the enemy cannot defeat you. Not because you stand in your power, but because you stand in his. And the word of God which teaches that. The word of God is a two-edged sword. Do you know that? It pierces and divides. Do you know that? It destroys anything that gets in its path. Just like when it comes back and it destroys the enemy at the end of days. He comes back with a double-edged sword, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is what defeats the enemy by faith. 
Your victory is assured. But your victory is not assured through you. It's through him. That's the assurity of any victory. Who overcame? The, who overcame? Was it Jesus? Who overcame death? Was it Jesus? All the things that we read about in the Bible are for our benefit to teach us the truth about God and the truth about his son and the truth of how he works. It's there for our benefit so that we can yield our lives to it and find victory and so that the glory of God can manifest through our lives it's not about our talents it's not about our gifts it's not about our abilities it's about his think of it this way I, I'll use Dennis for a moment Dennis plays a nice guitar and he has a nice voice but that in itself doesn't necessarily bring the anointing or ushers in the presence of God. But when Dennis and the intent of his heart is to worship God from his heart and to honor him from his heart and to give glory from his heart to God and he begins to play with that, then the anointing begins to be released. The presence of God begins to be released. And the presence of God begins to anoint him and fill the room. If it works that way in worship, that works that way in every other thing. It's what's in here. It's the intent of this. And when the intent of this is for him, then God pours through it as he poured through David, as he poured through uh, whatever his name, Gideon. As he poured through Moses as he poured through Elijah. I'm sorry. It's not about any other thing. And we make it about everything except the one thing that God is looking at. And that's your heart. When you let go and you allow him to bring you into the fullness of him and what he has for you, you will find the greatest source of overcoming and the greatest power to overcome whatever you face.
Learning to fight a spiritual war starts here. But it also ends here. Because you know. His word says, I'm this. His word says, I'm that. His word says, I'm this. His word says, I am that. That's what God manifests through. He says, I am the redeemed. I've been, he says, I have been washed in the blood. He said, I am the righteousness of God. He says, I am. But it's here. It's here when you believe it. Because when you believe it here, it comes out here. It declares the glory of God. It declares the righteousness of God. It declares the power of God. It declares everything. And when you you begin to realize that, and you begin to live in that, it becomes so much easier in your walk with God. I share that with you this morning because we're struggling. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just saying we are. What is your heart passion? Really, honestly, what is your heart passion? What, what is it you're passionate about? You think that God is not passionate towards you in those things? I say many people with many talents never go anywhere. Ever notice that? Ever notice that? Passion alone is not enough. Passion for God in that will push you forward. Anyway, I wouldn't quite finish with spiritual warfare because spiritual warfare it goes into such depth Actually, it's almost like everything about your life ends up in some place of a spiritual war about you. I end with this. Jesus said, if the kingdom of God comes on you, it's like the finger of God casting out demons. And that's what he said. If the finger of God cast out demons and the spirit and the kingdom of God has come on you. Now what does that mean? Simply meaning that God the Holy Spirit is the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom the power of God has the ability to deliver anyone who is held captive by the enemy. When Jesus walked the earth, he reached over, 
He touched the eyes of the blind man. It was the kingdom of God. Release that brought healing. It destroyed the work of the flesh. It destroyed the work of the enemy. It destroyed all of those things. Even when Jesus, even when Jesus went to, to uh, Lazarus' grave, he was declaring that the kingdom of God even has power over death. What am I saying? What kingdom are we in? We're not in the kingdom of this world. We're in the kingdom of God. And what dwells in us has the power not only to overcome us, but to overcome everything the enemy throws at us. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week, and may everything you do be blessed by God.